everybody. It is Erica and Yvette, and this is Mel and Pearl's podcast, season four. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Season four, Erica. Mm. Season four. Oh, no. believe- time flies. It definitely time- does. Yes, time flies when you're having fun. So we're going to kick off season four on the last day of Black History Month with a special shout out to a couple people that Erica and I have found out from our perspective to be Black Americans, Black people making an impact. But a little bit about Black History Month, we've done this for the last four seasons, but every February, the United States honors the contributions and sacrifices of African Americans who have helped shape the nation. We all know that. And Black History Month celebrates our rich cultural heritage, our triumphs and adversities that are an indelible part of this country's history. So, I don't know if you all know this, I learned something new, just like Women's International Day, um, Black History Month also has themes. And this year's theme is Black Health and Wellness, and it pays homage to all the medical scholars and healthcare providers. So the theme is especially timely as we enter our third year of COVID, which has disproportionately affected our underrepresented communities and placed unique burdens on Black healthcare professionals. So, I invite everyone to think that Black History Month shouldn't be treated as though it is somehow separate from our collective American history or somehow just boiled down to a few compilation of greatest hits from the March on Washington or something that we want to highlight a sports person or a musician. It's about our lived, shared experience of all African Americans, high and low, famous and obscure, and how those experiences have shaped and challenged and ultimately strengthened America because there is no American history without African-American history. So no matter how hard people try to unravel it, the fact is America wouldn't be here today without being built on the facts and blood of African-Americans and other enslaved people. So happy Black History Month, everybody. Well, it's every history every day. So today we're going to talk about a few folks that Eric and I have done a little research and touched us that we believe that they are making an impact. So, Erica, do you want to go first or would you like for me to start? Listen, hey, you you got a running start. You go first. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. You all, um, this young person, emphasis on young, is the youngest White House advisor in the history, in our history. His name is Jerome Foster II. And he is an advisor uh, on Joe Biden's House, uh, White House Environmental Justice Advisory Council. For all those that may or may not know, um, I am a real believer and proponent of climate change. I believe it's real. And part of what I'm doing also in my professional life is addressing the impacts of climate change because I don't know if you all know, but it really is disproportionately impacted have been people who look like us and in communities that don't have access to outdoor space, but we can go, that's a whole different conversation. Well, Jerome, he, I, he found about climate change very early in life. He grew up in Washington, D.C. His, his father is an engineer, his mom's a nurse, and they both were civil rights or organizers who helped put together the Million Man March on Washington to the, in 1995. We all know about the Million Man March. So Jerome was watching some environmental documentaries at the age of five. Five folks, age of five. I was still watching Bugs Bunny and stuff. But anyway, 
age of five, he's watching documentaries around environmental issues. And he started asking questions like, hey, are you guys hearing this? Shouldn't we be doing something? And so his parents were then soon bringing him along to Earth Day workshops. And he wasn't overly concerned about politics at that time until Donald Trump's election in 2016. So that election propelled him to start working as an intern for the late Congressman John Lewis and with a nonprofit called the Citizens Climate Lobby. Frustrated, like the rest of us, about the slow pace of politics, especially Democrats who didn't want to push change and some Republicans who didn't even accept environmental science, he got frustrated, particularly after the UN's conference in 2021 didn't resolve how to limit global warming to two to to below to get us below the well below 1.5 Celsius, that's where we need to go, above pre-industrial pre levels to targets set in 2015. So we all know that climate change is a major threat to international peace and security, right? We know that. And I, I, I kind of touched upon the fact that it disproportionately affects people of color and areas of well, not a lot of opportunity and or really good conditions. And so what Jerome has done is that he has created an organization, um, and there's a video, we'll put the link in uh, our episode link. It's called Your Attention, Please. It's on Hulu and YouTube. It's really, really, really great. And he invites everyone to send him an email. I'll also provide his email address where you can ask him questions because he also has a blog called The Climate Reporter, which is really, really interesting. If you all want to know more about it, please check it out because it's really, really good. So I really, really want to highlight Jerome Foster II, the youngest White House advisor in history who's making an impact for all of us. That is, <clears throat> that is great. Sorry, everybody. I have a little bit of a cold, so I'm all right, though. So let me um, jump in. Uh, I have someone a little bit different, but I am so impressed with her that I definitely wanted to chat about her. Her name is Marseille Martin. And you may know her from the show Blackish, where she played the daughter. She was born in Plano, Texas, and her career started after, you know, one of those glamour shots. Like she went for a glamour pictorial and the ph photographer submitted the photos to talent agencies and she was picked up. And at the age of five, she landed her first national commercial. Her family then moved to Los Angeles so she could pursue an acting career. So she is now an actress slash producer. So in 2019, she started, she starred actually in her first studio film, the comedy Little, which I thought was super cute um, for Universal Pictures. And at the age of 13, she became the executive producer of the film, making her the youngest person to ever produce a movie, as well as the youngest African-American producer. She also has a production company called Genius Productions. And in 2019, her company signed a first look production deal with Universal. So what I have to say about her is that I am so amazed that being such a young lady, she's 19 now, that she has been able to make so much progress and break barriers so that young people growing up now will be able to see someone like her do what she's doing and have that dream that they could possibly achieve something as well. So Having someone that looks like you, that is doing something just as wonderful as this, I think is so motivational. And I thought that it's just so amazing that her parents, you know, made that sacrifice to move to Los Angeles. And we are from there. You know, she's just doing amazing things in Hollywood. So I definitely wanted to portray her. 
Yes, yes, yes. I love her. She's an amazing actress and her comedic timing is on point. On point. All right. Mm-hmm. So good one. Good one, Erica. The next and my last um, Black person who is making an impact is someone who is very near and dear to my heart. Her name is Melody Hobson. For all that you know and don't know out there, she is also George Lucas's wife. And Hobson, um, it was, oh my gosh, she's so amazing. So she's literally a financial genius. In December 2020, Melody Hobson, president and co-CEO of money management firm Ariel Investments, was named chair of Starbucks Board of Directors. When she officially steps in her role in March, she will be the first Black woman to hold this position. So a little bit about Melody's uh, background. She's the youngest of six children. She was raised by a single mom in Chicago and credits her financially poor upbringing to her drive into a career into finance as she is today. A little bit more about her, talking about Black excellence. Uh, Melody graduated from Princeton University in 1991, and she first joined Early Investments as a college intern and spent nearly 20 years as the firm's president before being being named co-CEO in 2019. In addition to being the incoming chair of Starbucks board, she serves as the director on J.P. Morgan Chase's board and is a chairman of a program called After School Matters. It's a Chicago not-for-profit that provides local teens with high-quality after-school programs. So known for her philanthropic work, uh, Melody and her uh, foundation, Hobson Lucas Family Foundation, donated an undisclosed large gift to her alma mater in October of 2020 to establish a new residential college at Princeton, Hobson College, tentatively scheduled to open in the fall of 2026, will be the university's first residential college named after a Black woman. Oh my gosh, like now I want to go back to school. So fast forward uh, in 2020, in the wake of the the, of what happened with George Floyd and all the protests. So I don't know if you all remember this. Uh, J.P. Morgan Chase Chairman, uh, CEO Jamie Dimon wanted to aid Black businesses. So he called Melody. And by then, you know, as a board member, hoping to tap into some of that sheer force of will. And she was just like, okay, you know, we really need a sustainable investment effort, totally for profit, to invest in minority companies. And then he and then he told her that he wanted Ariel Investments, where she's co-CEO and president involved, and he rattled off other com- minority-owned companies as potential partners. So I love her because she is characteristically blunt like myself. She said, Jamie, some of those companies are gone, which he didn't know. But I think you have an idea, I have an idea. So Fast forward, she drafted a four-week, a four-page memo titled Project Black and emailed it to him on September 8th, a week after their call. Talk about bias for action. Talk about striking when the iron's hot. Talk about addressing and grabbing opportunities. So her idea is to form a private equity fund to invest in middle market companies and provide them with capital. And more crucially, the contacts needed to sell to large corporations eager to diversify their supply chains. So instantly, when people talk about Black businesses, they talk about access to capital, access to capital, access to capital. Access to customers may be more important. So 
Today, a meager 2% of corporate spending goes to minority-owned suppliers. There's another conventional wisdom, you know, bustling of the strategy that Black entrepreneurs start lots of businesses, but very few grow large enough to become suppliers to like the Walmarts of the world or other 500 or so private companies in the U.S. with more than $1 billion a year in sales. Only five are Black-owned. So fast forward to February of this year. Aerial closed its first black project black fund with 1.45 billion. I'm gonna repeat that. 1.45 billion in commitments from Amgen, Lowe's, Merck, Nextera, Nuveen, Salesforce, Synchrony, Trust, Walbert, and Qatar Investment Authority. As in addition to Hobson's Family Foundation and former Microsoft CEO Steve Ballmer, who put in 200 million. 200 million. And so what it does is that 1.45 billion is more than five times the size of the average first time private equity fund and brings assets under management at Ariel, including its mutual funds and separately managed accounts to above 16 billion. She is making money moves, money moves. And she's married to one of my most favorite, favorite directors and creators, George Lucas. Shout out to Melody. She is my spirit animal. Mm. I've had the opportunity to um, <clears throat> hear her speak. She, um, my sorority did a, we did a financial workshop many, many years ago and, and she was a guest speaker and she is absolutely amazing. So I could definitely see um, your choice of her. And then she also, I think she's, she's um, part of the ownership group of the Denver Broncos, which is amazing as well. So she is just, uh, yeah, she's, she's a powerhouse out there. Let's go. Great one. Great one. Great one. So my last person that I have is um, Amanda Gorman. And you may have heard of Amanda Gorman. I sincerely hope you have. She is the first National Youth Poet Laureate of the United States. And she was named that in 2017. And she is the youngest poet to write and read her work as a presidential inauguration. The, the poem she read was The Hill We Climb, which was one that she wrote that reflects our painful history and hope for the future. So a little bit about her. She was um, born in West Los Angeles and her mother taught middle school English in Watts, L.A., and she learned about disparities in educational opportunity through her mother's um, work in Watts. She was a youth delegate for the United Nations when she was 16. And she attended Harvard, Harvard, I'm sorry. She attended Harvard University, where she majored in sociology, where she graduated cum laude. So in addition to poetry, she's an activist. And she also advocates for climate issues. And Yvette, I know you mentioned that um, earlier today when we were talking. And she also advocates for quality equality and education. So prior to performing, she recites the following mantra to herself. I am the daughter of black writers who are descended from the freedom fighters who broke their chains and changed the world. They call me. And I thought that was so powerful because if we think about our nation's history and we think about that moment when President Biden had his inauguration and she read her poem and it was just so powerful and it resonated with a lot of us, you know, that was a moment in history and she continues to make an impact through her advocacy work. And I just think that she is just an amazing young lady. And I remember seeing her. And like I said before, when I talked about my previous um, person, it's about young kids that look like 
us having the opportunity to see someone like her, to see the possibilities. And, and that to me is what this is all about. It's about seeing people that are making an impact today and influencing future generations of people that look like them to do the things that they're doing or even go beyond that. I think that is what this is all about. And I'm very excited about this episode because we definitely wanted to spotlight people that are doing great things and provide that, that motivation for others who look like them to do great things. Inspiring, inspiring, expiring, and so moving. You know, our culture, our history, it's not only about perseverance. It's also about inspiration and empowerment. Her words inspire me, and I hope they inspire everyone. They, and I hope Melanie, Melody Hobson's, you know, bias for action to make a difference in our community to ensure that our people who look like us get that same, those same opportunities, financial and otherwise. She made a move and is making it happen. I hope that inspires you to know you don't have to do something big, grandiose, huge. Every little thing moves the needle to make someone's life a little bit better. Ooh. All right. I guess yeah. with that, thanks everybody. Thank you for listening and look forward to chatting with you next time. Bye. And that's it for this week's episode. Add us to your favorite streaming platform or on iTunes now to ensure you never miss out on another second of the Melon Pearls podcast. We will hate for it for you to miss out. Any samples of media remain the property of their owners. Opinions expressed reflect the individual's point of view, not that of the Melon Pearls podcast. If you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and Instagram, and don't forget to rate us on iTunes and Spotify. If there's a topic you would like for us to cover, let us know by visiting www.melaninpearls.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, we encourage you to visualize your best self.